Hey everybody, how you doing? What's up? This is Chris. This is episode 138 of the Libertarian Republican Podcast. It's a beautiful, blustery, really windy day here in Northern Virginia. Uh, I'm sorry it took me about a week to to get this one out. I was trying to, what I'm trying to do is trying to understand what's going on with this whole SVB situation. So I thought I would just do an episode about it. And uh, I, I spent a lot of time listening and watching YouTube and Rumble and, and listening to uh, podcast episodes and reading about it and everything. So I think I've got it kind of figured out. Um, but so basically SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank, and there's a few other banks that have, that have gone under as well, uh, Signature Bank and Silvergate Bank. But I, I want to talk focus on the SVB because I think there's a lot of lessons here for all of us. Uh, that will nobody's nobody's going to learn, of course. But uh, SVB Bank, basically, they were a uh, a bank out uh, around San Francisco, and they were focused on tech startups. That was their niche. And so, if you were a tech startup in in California, in Silicon Valley area, you would get you would you would open a bank account with SVB. And then you would try to get investors to invest in you. And see, and when the interest rates were low, now this is not a new bank. They've been around since 1983. So they've been around for 40 years. And so they, during low interest rates, investors were looking for a way, uh, something to invest in, right? You know, you don't want to invest in something that's only going to earn you. You don't want to buy government bonds because you're only going to, you know, you're only going to earn one percent or zero or half a percent or whatever. So when the interest rates were close to zero for ten years, um, these these tech startups were getting a lot of money, getting a lot of investor money. You know, because you want to invest in something. Okay, it's riskier, but it, you know, you're you're going to get uh, you're going to get more of a return and during low interest rates, it's a lot easier to make money because you don't have to have a strong business model. You know, if interest rates are, if, if you're borrowing money and it's costing you 7% a year to borrow money, then you need a business model that can earn 8 or 9% a year, 10% a year to really, to really uh, survive, right? To really make a profit. But if you are, can borrow money for free, well, then you barely need a, you, you, a very weak business model. Will you, you look like a genius, even though you're barely eking out a profit. Uh, and so these tech startups were, were getting a lot of money from investors because the, the investors would rather invest in a, in a risky tech startup because number one, you get a higher rate of return and number two, it's less risky. But um, over time, as, as interest rates started to go up, as inflation started to hit uh, because of all this free money being created by the Fed, being pumped into the economy, especially during the during COVID, just just throwing money at the economy, uh, as as inflation picked up, consumer spending started to drop. These businesses were now kind of not doing so well. These tech startups, and also, you know, I I want to 
insert here, just uh, digress a little bit, the, the, into the ESG and diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, all these tech startups, these, these left-wing California businesses, they can spend all the money they want on, they can spend a significant amount of money on crap that doesn't matter, like diversity and equity and inclusion and trying to save the planet. You know, we give 10% of our profits to the planet. Well, you can, you can get away with that when interest rates are low and you don't really need to make a lot of money in order to, to look like a genius. But as interest rates go up and as the economy goes down, now, you're, now your business model is, is, like Warren Buffett says, you find out who's wearing the pants. When the, when the tide goes out, you find out who's not wearing any pants. And so all these these tech companies in Silicon Valley, they needed to tap into their savings at the bank in order to pay their bills. So, but what happened was Silicon Valley Bank, of course, they've got all this money coming in because if I've, I'm a tech startup and I get $5 million in, in uh, venture capital money to fund my startup, what do I do with it? I put it into an account at Silicon Valley Bank. Well, what does Silicon Valley Bank do with it? Do they just sit it, let it sit there? No, they, no banks do that because that's not how our banking system works, right? Our banking system is, in, the, in our banking system, the banks keep a tiny, tiny percentage of it and then loan the rest of it out or invest the rest of it. And SVB loans some of it out, but also, invested most of it, about two thirds of it, into bonds, mostly bonds, also mortgages, but mostly bonds, government bonds. And because government bonds are safe, well, it's a safe investment. Well, as the problem is, a lot of their bonds were long-term bonds. And because that's where the, that's where, because then you get the, you get the yield curve inversion, uh, well, the yield curve inversion is, is nor, before the yield cur curve inversion, you, the, the longer duration bonds yield more. Because obviously, if I'm going to give you my money for 30 years, I want a, a higher return. If I'm only going to give you my money for five years or six months, I don't need as high a return on that. Uh, because I'm going to get it back and I'll be able to reallocate it somewhere else. But. So in order to get the most return, they invested in long-term bonds. Well, as interest rates go up, those long-term bonds become less, less uh, attractive on the market. So because if, if, if it's a 2% bond, okay, this is a bond that, that's going to pay 2% in 30 years. Well, now the Fed is selling bonds that, that yield 4.5% in 30 years. So why would I buy a 2% bond? So if you want me to buy your 2% bond, you're going to have to give me a discount on it. Well, as these people were, were realizing they needed to get their savings out of SVB to pay their bills, SVB realized we have to sell some of these bonds we're, uh, in order to get the, to, in able to, in order to be able to give them their money. So that's when they realized that they don't have all the money because those bonds are now worth less than what they've got them marked on their books for. So they tried to raise money and actually Moody's threatened to downgrade them and 
and then uh, basically uh, they, they came up with a plan to raise some money, but uh, I think everybody realized that that's not going to work, and then so the bank goes under. And then the, the, um, the federal government, of course, steps in and, and bails everybody out. Uh, they say they're not going. We're not going to bail out the uh, the the shareholders of the bank, but they're going to bail out the depositors of the bank. But this, so this is this. The lesson here, of course, is that and there's um, there's a bunch of lessons, but but the so the the FDIC has a fund. For, uh, so first of all, I just want to go into that. So the FDIC is going to bail out this bank, the depositors of this bank. Now, typically, they they have a limit of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So if you have an, a, an account with a million dollars in it, well, only two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is is insured. Well, the the uh, FDIC just threw that out the window. They just completely threw it out the window. Said, nope, we're, we'll 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 backstop everybody. So that $250,000 limit doesn't count, doesn't matter. And you have to wonder, you know, why? I wonder why, why? Because, you know, that, because, and of course, you know, it's because number one, they're afraid that everybody is gonna, that's gonna be a run on the bank, uh, on every other bank, because now everybody's, you know, oh my God, all these people, because if you had $5 million in an account and you lost, you know, 4.75 million of that, boom, just poof, gone. Well, that's going to send, first of all, it's going to send a panic through the banking system. And second of all, it's going to reduce the, it's going to hurt people's businesses because if you were relying on that 4.75 million dollars as part of your business, as, as part of the, the operating capital of your business, well, it's going to kill your, it could kill your business. And of course, that's what should happen. Your business should die. That's what should happen. You put your you you put your money in a, in a bank that and you didn't do your due diligence. You didn't say you didn't tell that bank, "Hey, be careful with my money. What are you doing with my money? How, where's my money? How is my money doing?" You know, we've created this this moral hazard economy where nobody cares. They put their money in a bank and then nobody cares. Nobody, it, nobody does any due diligence. Nobody pays attention. Nobody cares. Nobody is doing math, you know, and <laughs> because they know that the government's going to bail them out. Everybody knows the government. Now, everybody knows that the government is going to bail the entire banking system out. And so, the, but the, the problem, of course, is there's about $22 trillion in the American banking system. And the FDIC, the DIF, the Deposit Insurance Fund, only has about $125 billion in it. So that's about 1.3% of the entire banking, the entire uh, banking system. So they don't have the money to bail everybody out. It's yet another promise that they cannot make, they cannot meet. They've made this promise, they can never keep this promise, except of course by just printing money, which is what they're gonna do. But, but I wanted to point this out because they, they have a DRR, a designated reserve ratio. So the DIF, the Deposit Insurance Fund, is supposed to be funded at 
So it's supposed to, they're supposed to have this kind of savings account sitting off there with 2% of the banking system's money in it. But back in 2020, uh, the, the, that fund dropped, or the, the amount of reserves, or the amount of, of money in the banking system went up so much that, because of all the money, all the printed money, that the reserve ratio actually dropped below 1.335%, which is the statutory minimum. So what did they do? Did they say, well, we gotta get that back up to 2% immediately? No, they said, well, we gotta get that back up to 1.35% in eight years. They put a plan together for, for eight, to, put, to get it back up in eight years. Because of course, nobody wants to pay, the banks don't wanna to have to pay, because that, that fund is funded by banks. So all the banks have to pay into this fund. Well, of course, the regulators are all, they're all owned, owned by the bankers. So the regulators don't wanna call up the bankers, hey, you're gonna to have to boost your uh, pays, your payments into the fund, into the DIF fund. No, they didn't say that. They said, ah, don't worry about it. We'll, get, we'll give you eight years to pay. So, which brings me, of course, to the, to the, um, to the regulatory side of things because uh, the, the chairman, or the CEO of the bank, Greg Becker, the CEO of SVB, the bank that just failed, the CEO, he was on the board of directors of the San Francisco Fed, the Federal Reserve. He was on the board of directors. The Federal Reserve is one of the regulatory entities in charge of regulating the banks in that region. And he was on the Fed, he was on the board, the board of directors. So you've got, talk about regulatory capture. You've got the people who are supposed to be regulating the banks. The CEO of the bank is on the board. It's, it's unbelievable that this is what, and yet so many Americans still think that, oh, we need more government regulation. The government regulation is not, is not going to solve this. It's not gonna save this. So, um, now the, 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 the other thing people are saying is that, uh, that Trump, oh, Trump rolled back the regulations on the, uh, on that 2018 uh, Economic Growth Regulatory Relief and Consumer Protection Act. Oh, this is all Trump's fault. Well, no, because most of what, first of all, what Trump did, what, what, that, what that did was mostly ease regulations on smaller banks of 10, under $10 billion of, of uh, assets. Now, it raised the systemically important limit to 250 billion from 50 billion. So before this, during the, the Dodd-Frank bill in 2010, after the 2008 financial crisis, said any bank with more than $50 billion in assets was systemically important. And what this bill did was raise that level to 200, really to 250 billion, but it really, it really raised it to, to 100 billion because any bank over 100 billion, would, it would be up to the discretion of the Fed to, to, to have it undergo the stress tests and the capital reserve requirements and the living will, the, basically these wind down, uh, plans, 
But see, the problem with this whole thing is the Fed, these Fed regulators, the, reg, the government regulators, they viewed government bonds as safe investments. So SVB passed with flying colors all of these, all of these regulatory hurdles because, oh yeah, well, they've got uh, government bonds, but the government bonds are what are losing value because the Fed raised rates so fast. Well, I mean, the Fed raised rates and the, the Fed is, you know, and then you have the yield, cur your yield curve inversion, which, which lowered the value of the long-term bonds even more. So, which we can get into later, but so you've got, the problem is not government regulation because government regulation is the source of this entire problem because the government, and this is what I've talked about. This is what I talked about almost two years ago when I first started this thing, this podcast about the financial crisis of 2008 when all the banks were doing the same thing, they have a, a value at risk model, VAR, and all the banks are doing the exact same thing because the federal regulators were telling them, yes, this is the right way to be a bank. This is the safe thing to invest in. This is the safe way, the safe business model that you should follow. So they did that, SVB did that. They bought, actually they had a very conservative business model. They had a ton of their investments in government bonds, the safest possible investment you could have, according to the government, because of course the government wants you to buy their debt. The government wants you, so these government regulators are, are telling the banks, yeah, you should load up on those government bonds, all the government debt, because that's safe, that was a really safe investment. Well, it turns out, no, it's not, not at all, because if the rates go up, those government bonds lose value. You know, rates and, and, and face value are, have an inverse relationship with bond, in the bond market. So, so this whole thing is, is caused by government regulations, not, and government regulations are not going to, not going to solve the problem. Uh, and, and everybody, the, the other thing I want to mention here is uh, the, the uh, Forbes magazine. So Forbes magazine in, in the February edition ranked uh, SVB as the 20th best bank in America. Forbes, Forbes magazine, you know, these pe people read that magazine thinking that they are getting good financial advice, aren't they? And then you've got Jim Cramer on February 8th recommended buying SVB. Oh, he said, oh, it's cheap. Oh, but it's, it's yeah, it's, a, it's, it's gonna bounce back. It, it, Jim Cramer on CNBC telling you to buy this crap. But was he, did he do his due diligence? Did he look, did he think about all this stuff? Now there are guys like, you know, like Peter Schiff who've been talking about this. Uh, but then you've got the, chair, the CEO, uh, Greg Becker again, at, on March 1st, March 1st, he was interviewed uh, at the Upfront Summit, which is this tech, California tech summit. Oh, they're so proud of their California tech companies. And he was asked about this, about, about liquidity. And do you have enough liquidity when, when interest rates go up? And he says, well, so the question, this is his quote, so the question that came up is basically, if you were to sell all your securities, would there be a loss? And the answer is true, I guess, which is, 
I guess he's saying the answer is yes. Yes, there will be a loss. But what we've been publicly saying and what we said that last quarter is that we have zero intention to sell those securities. Well, he, he didn't realize that he was going to have to sell those securities, right? This is a week before. I mean, what he was trying to do was raise money without selling these securities. Uh, but obviously that whole plan fell apart. So, but that was, so basically ten, uh, nine days later, the bank goes under. And, you know, this is a problem with the whole banking system. All the banks have been told to do this. They've, they've all, they all think, well, if we, buy, if we buy government bonds, it's safe. Well, no, not safe, not safe. Remember, um, Obama started the MyRA program. Remember the MyRA program? You probably never heard of it, but he, that's a, that was just another scheme to get you, you suckers, to buy government debt. And, you know, the government debt, of course, is going to lose value as the rates go up. And of course, then you've got the whole issue with are rates going to continue to go up? Because the Fed is saying, Jerome Powell is saying he's got to raise, continue to raise rates and, uh, in order to fight inflation. And, but if you continue to raise rates, all these problems are going to get worse in the entire banking system. So, and it's also an international problem because you've got a lot of foreign countries who have uh, government, U.S. government debt on their books, and those bonds are losing value. So this is a huge mess that this is what happens when the government keeps interest rates low, for, for artificially low forever, for 10 straight years, they kept rates artificially low. Trump got in there and they tried, they did raise rates. Uh, uh, 2018 and into 2019, I think they raised, they were raising rates, but then immediately, and then the, the, the uh, COVID happened and they cut rates and that was it. Actually, I think they started cutting rates before COVID even happened. I think it was late, late 2019 or early 2020, they started cutting rates. So, but this is what happens when you have a, a economy that is centrally planned. This is central planning. This is communism. This isn't capitalism, this is communism. The, the economy is centrally planned by a bunch of idiots who don't really understand anything. And guess what? They're not gonna lose their jobs if they're wrong. If they fail miserably and the entire banking system collapses, do you think anybody at the Fed or at the FDIC, do you think anybody is gonna be fired? No, nobody will. Nobody in the government will ever lose their job. They never suffer any consequences. They can do whatever they want. They can wreck your life. They can destroy everything. And they will never lose their job. In fact, you won't even vote them out. <laughs> you, vote, you, you vote them all back in uh, in November, right? In, next, in 2024, you know, the American people will just vote them all back in anyway, right? So, uh, but so of course, this, this raises the, the specter of of even more communism because what are they what are they going to say are they going to say well we were wrong we failed you we don't really know what we're doing no they're going to say you know what we need more power we need to control everything more we need to nationalize we need to create some new government ent entities new government agencies we need more government that's how we're going to solve this problem that's what they're going to do and you know and and so everything's just going to get worse. 
unless you stop them and just turn your back on them. Lose your faith in these people. Lose your faith in these morons. So, all right, that's it. That is episode 138. I uh, hope you liked it. If you like it, give me some good ratings and share it, and uh, I'll try to get another one out sooner next time. Uh, sorry about the big delay. All right, that's it. Have a great day. Try not to lose all your money in the banks. All right, bye-bye.